Oh, hello there. Today's show was full of adventures. Belinda Carlisle joined us live from Mexico chatting about her latest single, If You Go, from her new EP, Kismet. Show chef Martha Collison is on the road for her summer tour and wound up in Lincoln to teach some lovely listeners how to make a tomahawk steak. Uh-huh. And as always, Maria McCurlin's rustling through your letters, so she's ready to solve your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. I think that's her now. Good morning. What a sunny week it has been, Graham Norton. Are Marvelous. you burnt to a crisp? Are you like a prune? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I'm like an old handbag. Very brown. And no, no, I'm not at all. I have got, I'm actually covered in jellyfish stings. That's what I'm covered in. Because we have been inundated in the sea. I think it's something to do with the, you know, cold water, warm air. They come smashing in. But families of them, whole families. And now we've got blue ones as well that are a bit more stingy. Um, the other ones are just like uh, stinging nettles. But these ones are... Mm, oh, I thought the They're ones... Weirdly, yeah. I googled jellyfish. <laughs> well, you must have had a slow week, Graham. <laughs> and I discovered so th- there's ones that have four little kind of bluey, purpley rings on the top, and apparently they're very mild. They're very mild. And then yes. there's ones that have kind of browny, orangey veins on the top, and they're quite owy. Yes. I think in general, the clear ones, this is why, not that I've been Googling, but there's a lot of talk on the beach. Um, The clear ones aren't too bad. The blue ones are a bit stingier, but they're not Portuguese men of war, which are, you know, with the tentacles. And I have been stung by one of those in Greece. And that was like, I wanted to chop my entire leg off because it ached for 24 hours. That's horrible. And you know the theory of putting... um, of doing a wee-wee on a sting to make yes. it go away. Yeah. It's really just the warmth of a wee-wee. It's nothing in it. So you're much better off to put hot water on it to bring the oh, sting out. Oh, don't spoil our see. fun, Maria. Come on. <laughs> it's the British summertime. It's the- you could wee-wee on them if you want to. I mean, you know, I'm not here to judge, Graham. Talking of which, I'm going to my mum's today, later today, my mum's 95th birthday party. I'm expecting DJs, strippers, tequila shots, etc. That's sort it's in her care home. Mm-hmm. It is in her care home, um, which sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Party in a care home. But, you know, you're 95, you've got to celebrate, I think. Yeah, keep the noise down. Oi, oi. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. It's one <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a curfew at seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, uh, well, do say uh, happy birthday to Jean for me. 95. <laughs> I will. I will indeed. Um, I think she's looking forward to the next 95, but, you know, <laughs> things have gone a bit awry in that department, I think. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> How's uh, your week been, Graham? Uh, my week has been all right, thank you very much. I uh, did a big long drive last Sunday. I drove up to yes. Glasgow and it was yes. all marvellous. It was all marvellous. I was driving, driving, driving and uh, it was going very well. And then I got as far as Scotch Corner... And that's yes. the bit where the road gets quite narrow and it kind of takes you over. I don't know what that is. Is it the Lake District? I don't know. It's kind of, it's, you imagine kind of Heathcliff would, you know, fall out of a ditch. Yeah. But anyway, I think we've established geography is not our strong point. Neither no, is solving no. problems, but there you are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then I was we driving on ourselves. there. I was driving on there and that's when it turned into the end of the world. Uh, like rain, like you've never seen, oh. uh, lightning. And now, can lightning hit cars? And if it I does, guess it what can happens? Hit anything, can't it? But what happens if it hits a car? Does the whole car turn into a big electric thing? And it's well, all bad. Well, given that you're chatting to me, I'm guessing it didn't happen to you. So, no. I mean, you know, you are moving as you're in a car, aren't you? I suppose moving object is better than a stationary object. 
That is true. <laughs> I think speed up in those conditions. No, no I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, in fact, actually, can I just say, what really impressed me was no one was an idiot. Everyone kind of took it gently, gently, gently and realised, ooh, this isn't, this isn't, you know, clever. And uh, everyone was very slow and steady and we all got there and no, no accidents that I saw, as far as How I saw. How long did that take you to drive to Scotty Land? Uh, I believe two days. Uh, oh yeah. my goodness. No, no, it took... You stopped it took, overnight, presumably. No, it took a day. Uh, basically, I left just after the show, about two o'clock I left, and I got there about, ooh, just before ten. So, oh my yeah. goodness. That's yeah. a lot of Virgin Radio listening right there. Oh, it was. Happily, Steve Denyer was doing a marathon, so... Uh, it wasn't was with, him. <laughs> you know, no, no, I meant a marathon on we the radio. We love Steve Denyer. We love yes, him. Yes, 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 Steve Denyer. Um, he, he entertained me for some of the time, definitely. I, I'm sure I remember that, yes. Uh, now, uh, Maria McCurlin, have you got your problems? They're all there? Yes, I have. Virgin Radio. Let's have a letter. Let's have a letter. Okay, here we go. This is making me laugh, this problem. Dear Graham and Maria, I'm having a birthday barbecue this weekend. I'd really like a relaxing afternoon in the sun with some nice fizz and tasty food. I love all my friends dearly, but they can sometimes be a bit, shall we say, rowdy. Cheap Prosecco off the scale, trashy music, legs aloft, etc. I like that, legs aloft. How can I have the sophisticated day I want and ask them to leave before they get out of control? <laughs> and that is from Matthew in North London. Matthew in North London, they're your friends. You invited these people. You know what they're like. You know, if you wanted a sedate afternoon, invite the neighbours from both sides. You know, I just want to say to you, uh, these are your friends. They love you. Appreciate them. Yes, legs aloft, etc. Cheap Prosecco. Prosecco is Prosecco, frankly. Trashy music. Um, you know, just have another glass and enjoy yourself. It's your birthday. You, you've invited the wrong people for the day you wanted, frankly. And in terms of asking them to leave... Before the, I, presumably on the invitation you put, you know, three, because it says afternoon, three till... Seven, three till eight, that's more than enough drinking, five hours. And then you just unplug the music, make sure all the spare bottles of Prosecco have mysteriously disappeared into your cupboard and then put your pyjamas on. What's your advice, Graham? Well, I I mean, there is a kind of a weird disconnect, isn't there? Because obviously yeah. Matthew, Matthew wants a sort of, you know... Nigella Lawson style garden party with some twinkling lights and yeah. lovely. Hers spring. is worse than that, frankly. Her <laughs> parties are worse than these ones. Legs aloft, hello. <laughs> but but that in his head, that's what he imagines it's going to be. And then of course you it's like it's like when you see a picture of a boutique hotel and it looks absolutely gorgeous, and then you get there and there are people in it. And it looks kind of, ew, it just looks like anything. And I, I feel like that's the, the difference. It's just he's not factoring in his friends into what he wants to do. So I think you need to manage your expectations, Matthew. I do get the getting rid of them. I would say rather than kind of, you know, go the, the you know, get the lawnmower out route and put on pajamas, mm -hmm. I would make a plan. I would say we're going to have drinks and nibbles in my garden and a bit of a barbecue, and then we're all going to go somewhere. I've arranged, I've booked a table in a beer garden somewhere, and then you can 
take them, that you know, lead them out of your way, get them out of your garden, and then you can stray them in the pub, and then you can sneak back home quietly, and then you can sit yes. in the garden and have some meze or some tapas. Yes, it's it's quite it's quite late for it's quite late to be booking that sort of thing and changing plans um, if he's having a, an afternoon in the sun. But you know, when you Matthew, when you add alcohol to any event, even the poshest people, the most refined, listening to Wagner and Vivaldi, um, they also behave badly. Can I say? So it's the alcohol. Why don't you have an alcohol-free weekend and then everyone will go within the hour? Oh, yes. Get some alcohol-free Prosecco and don't tell them. And, uh, oh, that's the, a good idea. Yes. Mind you, they'd probably still get drunk then, wouldn't they? It'd be like, you know, Pavlov's dog. They, they yes. Just, the, still... the, uh, what, is, what is it when, you know, you give someone a pill and someone a pill that isn't a pill? What's that called? Oh, that's called... Uh, oh, there is a word for that. Oh, isn't it terrible? Yes. Neither of us know it. <laughs> and we're on the radio. <laughs> Panacea? No, not panacea. No, placebo. Placebo effect. Placebo. I knew it began with P. Thank yeah. you. Oh, my goodness. We must yeah, give this up. That was me. That was me. knew that. No, I, didn't, I didn't know that. He, he said it in my ear. Uh, placebo. But, effect. Matthew, That's try it. and remember it's your birthday and have a nice day. Uh, yes, it will get rowdy. These are your friends. You invited them. You knew what you were buying into. It's a bit late now to start worrying. That's and you know there'll be a you, day Matthew. there'll be a day Matthew when you're having the party of your dreams in your garden with everything's on a doily and people are going, oh, no, actually, I can't. I, with my medication, I can't have Prosecco. Uh, oh, is it half three? I must go. And you'll you'll think back to the rowdy days in your garden in North London. And you think, oh, remember that was My favourite piece of that sentence, Graham, is the word doily. I feel it's not said enough, frankly, and not used enough either. And there will be lots of people going, what is he talking about? What does that word mean? Oh, Martha Collison, when she's doing her outdoor eating tips, she'll, she'll be talking about doilies, I'm sure, when she's I dressing so. a table. And our responses, part one of my favourite responders today, will be receiving oh, listen to this a trio of Dutchy Organic Ales. Yes, courtesy of Waitrose you get Amber Ale, Indian Ale no, Indian Pale Ale and Golden Ale. Three balls of it! How bad is that? Alright Carol from Long Eaton writes Oh Matthew, why make such arrangements if you don't want your friends to enjoy themselves? It's one day. You knew what you were doing when you made these plans. Enjoy today for what it is and look forward to a relaxing, peaceful day tomorrow. I mean, she's not wrong. You know, just have a wild day and then tomorrow you can have your bird song and sipping a quiet sherry in the evening, in the evening glow of the sun. Johnny from York. <laughs> Matthew should go to Maria's mother's 95th birthday party instead. You'd like that. Yeah, it's in the sunroom. <laughs> you'd, you'd enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> I'll get hold of Maria. I'm sure it's not too late to invite him. Uh, Lynn from the Wirral. Oh, this will be practical advice from Lynn from the Wirral. Matthew, do you want a fun party or a quiet tea party? Pop that fizz and enjoy yourself. There you go. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give the um, the trio of Dutchy Organic Ales uh, to Carol from Long Eat. Why not? Uh, for very good advice. And you enjoy those ales with your rowdy friends, Carol, I'm sure. Yeah. Dear Graham and Maria, I hope you can help me. I have a friend who is in his late 30s. He recently told me that while he loves his wife, he thinks he is no longer in love with her 
and he doesn't know what to do. Whether he should leave her or stick with it, as, in inverted commas, this is what his relationship is now. They have been together since high school and have three young children together. He has asked me for advice and I don't really know what to say. Normally I would say you should speak to your wife about this so that you can discuss it together. But he's not even certain this is how he feels. And I can't even begin to think of how devastating this would be to hear for his wife and if they could ever recover from it. Further to this, he's just started treatment for depression and I don't know if this is a factor. I don't know what to do or to say or how to advise. Please help. And that is from Stephen in East Cows. Isle of Wight? I don't know. Um, Stephen, look, this is not your position. You're presumably not trained to deal with this. Late 30s, you know, coming up to 40, it is that time when people start questioning their lives and saying, is this it? I've got the wife, I've got the 2.4 children, I've got the house, I've got a car in the garage and we go on holidays. What else is there? When you say he's no, you know, he loves his wife, which is good. He doesn't hate her, but he's no longer in love with her. I think what that means is he's no longer in lust with her because three children can be a passion killer. We get into a rut, you get bored, you get, you know, there are things to do always. It's busy, busy, busy. You forget seeing that person. You forget to go on date nights, etc. So I would say to you, Stephen, in terms of advice for your friend, I would say you think he needs couple counselling. Um, I mean, the depression may well be part of it and treatment for same, but I think him and his wife do need to sit down and talk and sort of find each other again. And it's so much easier it's so much easier when there's a third person involved because you're telling someone you're not accusing your partner and then accusations come flying back, but you never do this and I never, all of that. You have a third person involved. You have to think about what you're saying. You have to put your case. And, you know, I know lots of people who have really, really benefited from this. So if you wanted to help Stephen and his cows, you could look up some couples counselling in the area and maybe suggest, send a few, say, what about this chap? What about this woman? Um, I think that's the way forward because certainly he needs to talk to someone, whether or not that's his wife at this moment. I think it might be better if they both tackle this together. What do you think, Graham? Well, I certainly think if his depression is so bad that he sought treatment for it, then whether that's because of the situation he's in with his wife or because of its other factors or uh, whatever, it, that is not a time to be making huge life decisions. So I think that's certainly something you could say to your friend, you know, that while you're being treated for depression, don't make any big decisions. And I'm sure whoever's mm. treating uh, your friend for depression would say exactly the same thing. Because, you know, that, you, you, yes, that is, a, that is a bad idea. Now, whether it's been caused by the relationship or not, I don't know. So the good thing is he is talking to someone, unle unless it's just a doctor handing him out pills for his depression. Yes, but, it might just be antidepressants, which half the country are on anyway. So I was yeah. reading that statistic the other day. It's very, very high. A lot of those menopausal women when they should be having hormone replacement. But that's another story. For another day. Uh, for another so, day, indeed. For another day. I, I feel like, yes, you, he needs to be talking to someone. And it's not fair, really, to, to load this on you, Stephen. Because what are you going to... I mean, it's sort of impossible. No friend can tell you, yeah, you should probably leave her. That's the thing to do. No, no friend can do that. And no friend can say, you better stick it out, mate. Because there's no, you know, you, you can't leave. It... Yeah. 
So I think what, what he's, he's doing, asking... what the friend is doing, is floating it out there, isn't he? Yes. I mean, I, maybe he wants to have an affair with Stephen. That's another added thing, isn't it? Well, <laughs> you've really, know. you've really, <laughs> you've really opened the I've problem up there. I've complicated the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think, Stephen, he's not being fair to you because, uh, you know, no one can give advice in this situation. But I think what you can say to him is, look, you're getting treatment for depression. Now is not the time to make decisions, but it is a time to talk to someone, whether that be about your depression or about your relationship. But it's just this isn't something that, you know, your mate down the pub can help you with. No. It's just it's too big. And also, I do think what, what breaks my heart is there, there wife. Yes, but there are three little kids involved here. So suddenly exactly. the, the exactly. thing has, has spiralled exponentially. You know, if it was just him and his wife, kind of, who cares? But now there's three little kids involved. It This is a, you know, this is a huge decision and he's kind of playing with fire. Even thinking, even opening yourself up to the possibility of leaving is so dangerous, I think. So, so dangerous. Um, so, Stephen, I think just back away gently is really what you need to do, I would say, because and there's no winning. And maybe suggest counselling. Yeah, no, absolutely. He must talk. But, but to get involved yourself, I think, will just end in tears because there's no, there's no way to win doing this, I'd say. Don't you think? Oh, God, yes. I mean, you know, it's always don't shoot the messenger, isn't it? They'll get back. You'll say yes, leave her. They'll get back together and then you don't have any friends anymore. Uh, you, so one should always back away from relationship trauma because you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You're only hearing one side of the story, Stephen. And that's why I'm suggesting that you get another person involved. Yes. You find him a counsellor and say, look, I found this person. I think they may be able to, may be able to help you both. And also, this is awful thing. Even though you might say something so anodyne and just you know, da da da, he will report to his wife. Well, Stephen said, and yeah, you know, exactly. it, yeah, awful, awful, awful. The responses part two, and again, my favourite responder will be receiving that trio of Dutchy organic ales, courtesy of Waitrose, Amber, Indian Pale, and Golden Delicious. Uh, Tracy in Tunbridge Wells has a fascinating thing to tell us. I feel this isn't actually a relationship trauma. I genuinely believe this is a hormonal issue and the friend in question should have a hormone test. They can change how we approach life, even making us doubt our love for someone so important. He should advise the friend to exercise, perhaps take up a new hobby with some quality time together with other friends and hormone balancing. It's a typical issue that all women so so familiarly uh, go through, but often men are the same and it's ignored or misunderstood. Well, there you go. You live and learn. Lightning can hit a car and uh, men can have uh, hormone imbalance. Thank you very much, Tracy. Jules in Bratton Ferry. Uh, Stephen needs to be a kind listening friend with the emphasis on listening. His friend needs to offload his feelings and as difficult as it is not to offer advice, he needs to remain impartial. If the desire to help is so strong, perhaps encourage him to think of what life would be like once the three children are grown up. Their married lives will hopefully take on a whole new excitement and love once the tiredness and family hassles settle out. And Ruby in Greece says, The friend should suck it up and get on with his marriage and life with his kids. He made a commitment to all of them. And just because he doesn't fancy his wife anymore, he doesn't get to simply change his mind. 
choose to be happy. Oh, Ruby and Grease, if only it was as simple as that. Uh, thank you very much for those responses. I am going to give the trio of ales to Tracy in Tumbridge Wells, because I thought that was really interesting, the thing about the uh, the hormone imbalance. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Hello, Martha. Why, hello. How are tricks in Lincoln? Well, Lincoln is treating us very nicely so far. The sun is just creeping out from behind the clouds. We've visited the historic cathedral this morning on our way over, and we're here with the lovely Mookie, Dan and William, and we're going to be cooking steak. It's a good Saturday. Marvellous. So, uh, I mean, they're probably right there, so you can't really tell us, but, you know, is it a nice house? Is there, is there a, let me ask you this, is there, <laughs> is there an island, is there an island in the kitchen? There's a peninsula. So it's Ooh. attached to the wall, but it sticks out and it's been perfect for a little bit of cocktail making. And, Graham, there is a beautiful dog called Dougal who has won my heart. Oh, what sort of dog is Dougal? I believe he's a bearded collie. He is a bearded collie. There we go. Yeah, oh, very is, that, is that Mookie? To meet Martha. It's Mookie. Hi, Graham. Hello. Now, it, it seems odd you're called Mookie because you are a professor. You're an actual real-life professor. I... I am I am a real professor of psychology. Um, my real name's Amanda, but I only get called that if I'm naughty. And um, <laughs> I don't think I'd be naughty today, so I'd like to be called Mookie, please. Right, Mookie, it is. And do you do you teach psychology then in university? I do. I teach um, forensic psychology, so I teach all about the criminal justice system um, and people that have been naughtier than me. Um, and uh, my specialism is in gambling, kind of gambling and gambling-related harm. So that's kind of where I'm an expert. Wow. So you train people up to treat other people for those things? Is that how it works? I do, and to recognise kind of gambling harms and um, to make sure children don't get into trouble and difficulties later on in life um, because of gaming and gambling and that yeah. kind of thing. Wow, amazing, important work. Uh, but Mookie, uh, despite that, you did enter a competition and, and you won it. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> and I'm delighted, absolutely delighted. Uh, so we asked people for their uh, top uh, outdoor eating tip. What was, what was the tip that impressed Martha so much? Um, it involved gin. It involved um, <laughs> gin and tonic. So um, if you freeze your gin and tonic, um, it's got to be quite a high content of tonic because obviously alcohol doesn't freeze very well um, into ice cubes you can put little bits of mint or little bits of lemon um, and then take them with you in a cool bag they slowly slowly melt and you have cold gin and tonic on your picnic which is absolutely I love wonderful. it that sounds delicious is it like a kind of gin and tonic slushy it it is exactly that. <laughs> in fact I, I I've made some for Martha to oh, after this. So we've come can, to the right place, Graham. try it. <laughs> so, Martha Collison, what are you delighting the family with? So, we've started off with a welcome cocktail, had to break the ice, create something delicious. So, we've gone with a Negroni, which had its moment last year, but is still very current, which is a lovely mixture of Campari, of gin and of vermouth. We're mixing it all together. A little twist of orange. So, they've had that. They've cheersed it. We've been <laughs> drinking that all morning. It's been 11 o'clock, but... They were keen, so we've run with it. How old, is, how old is William? William is 12. William did not have a Negroni, but he did yeah. think they looked nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what you're telling us, Martha. <laughs> uh, I can assure you. Um, and then I have 
we're, we're partway through the cooking and we're almost at the tasting of a tomahawk steak. So I've come with a huge rib of beef. Uh, tomahawk is a beautiful cut of steak that waitress only sell in the summer. Comes with a bone attached. It's got all that lovely marbling. It's super thick and it's perfect for barbecuing. You can put it straight onto the barbecue if you like and do it for about 12 minutes on each side to get that lovely medium rare finish. Or we're doing it inside in the oven ready to eat in the garden a little bit later this morning. So that's been made. And you're serving it with a, was it a chicken? Chimichurri sauce? It is indeed a lovely chimichurri sauce. It's Argentinian, and we've been talking um, all together this morning about how this kind of sauce is perfect for a fatty cut of meat with lots of marbling, a really rich cut of meat like a ribeye or a sirloin. It's got loads of acidity and a little bit of chilli heat, which cuts through that perfectly, as opposed to something like a fillet steak, which would be much better with a peppercorn sauce or a blue cheese sauce, something a bit creamier. And I I, I don't want to pile, pile pressure on you, but uh, <laughs> are you serving any sides? Anything with it? Or no? Well, <laughs> we've got a salad in the fridge. We're keeping it nice and light. But yeah, it would be really good with some chips or some hunky bread, I think, would be delicious. But you, you haven't provided those. But uh, <laughs> we haven't provided as, those. But as you drove to Lincoln, as you drove to Lincoln thinking, this would be nice and chips. I'm not making any, but it would be nice with chips, yeah. I can only go so far. I can yeah, only go M- so Mookie, far. Pop, the, pop the deep fat fryer on. Uh. <laughs> right, we are checking in with Lincoln, where uh, hopefully uh, Martha's managed to serve up a giant tomahawk steak with chimichurri sauce. Uh, has everyone eaten it, Martha? Has it, has it been tasted? Everyone's eating it. It's currently being chewed and I hope enjoyed. It's come out really nicely and with a lovely zingy summery sauce as well. Well, let's check in with uh, William because William didn't have any Negroni or the gin and tonic slushy. <laughs> poor so poor, poor him. This is the first thing he's had. Uh, William, what do you think of the, the tomahawk steak? It's absolutely amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, who, normally do, who, who normally does the, the cooking in your house, mommy or daddy? Uh, kind of just a mixture, really. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. But not up to this William, standard. Who's the better? Who's the better chef, William? <laughs> uh, probably Dad. Oh. oh. But, but now it's Martha. Martha's taking the crown. And uh, <laughs> will, and will will Dougal be getting any of the tomahawk steak? Uh, I kind of want it all for myself, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give 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 him a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and what do what do uh, husband Dan and uh, Mookie? What do you make of the steak? Um, it's a beautiful bit of steak. Um, it's so fresh, um, and kind of the garlic goes with it as well. Lovely. Very tender and moist. Um, and Dougal's getting none of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Dougal. <laughs> He'll be in a frenzy. Uh, so, Martha, you said you did it in the oven. So, on, on the barbecue, it'd be kind of. Did you say ten minutes on either side? But in the in the oven, how long would it be? So in the oven, first of all, we are seasoning the steak. Um, so you always want to put the oil on the steak rather than into the frying pan to kind of limit the amount of smoke we're going to create. So I've salted and oiled the steak and then two minutes on each side in the frying pan to develop a really lovely crust. Then this steak went into the oven for 20 minutes to get a lovely medium rare kind of colouring on it. And this sauce, uh, did you buy the sauce or did you make it? No, I have made it. <laughs> I have well made it from you. scratch. <laughs> no, no chips. Okay, their money's worth. Yeah, okay, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just taking a lovely mixture of fresh herbs. We've got oregano in there, parsley, coriander, chopping them all really finely, grating in a clove of garlic. Then we've got the acidity from some lemon juice, some cider vinegar, a little bit of chili, mixing that all together, and you get this lovely vibrant green sauce, which just yeah cuts through that fat. 
gorgeous. And I know I'm checking in with you tomorrow uh, to find out what you're making them for dessert because it's a it's yes. a two day. It's a two day affair. For sure. Yes, Lovely. we've got to we've got to provide them the full meal experience, not just the main course. Marvellous. Uh, if people want to know how to make that, you can go to waitrose.com slash showchef and you can get the recipe for the tomahawk steak, the recipe for the Negroni, the chimichurri sauce. It's all there, as well as recipes past and present uh, made by Martha. You could also check it out on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, thank you so much, Mookie, Dan and William. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, Graham. Bye-bye Bye, when you're having Bye, your dessert. Graham. Go on, give Dougal something. Something. Poor old Dougal. <laughs> The bone. He should have the bone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. More from Martha's summer tour tomorrow and someone else who's had a very early start is the lovely Belinda Carlisle joining us all the way from Mexico. Well, they could put a man on the moon and guess what? We can get Belinda Carlisle on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, well, Belinda. Hi. Yeah. After hi, how are you? <laughs> you're here, you're here, you're here. Uh, lovely to talk yeah. to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Belinda. Sorry about the uh, technical snafus. Oh uh, well, it's Mexico. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's the world. It's the world. Uh, this is exciting. Great. First, really, the first kind of proper new music for uh, 25 years. I, I guess the question would be why, but actually, there is no why. This was just a an accident, really. Yeah, it, it's, I wasn't planning to do anything new. And then um, my son ran into Diane Warren at a coffee shop and introduced herself. And they FaceTimed me. And she said, get in the studio right now. You know, you, I have some hits for you. And I really wasn't sure whether I wanted to commit or not because, you know, I was kind of, I was just wasn't planning on doing it. But I went to the studio because you don't say no to Diane Warren. And she played me big, big love. And I freaked out. And I said, okay. So that's how it happened. And what's it like? So when you go to Diane Warren's house, is it like sort of going shopping? Does she have a selection of songs? Do, you know, do, does she go, are you looking for a ballad, something upbeat? What do you fancy? I mean, how, do, how does it work in terms of presenting the songs? Well, I mean, she, okay, I've, I've known Diane. Well, I hadn't seen her in years and years, but we worked together. She wrote I Get Weak. So when she was, um, when I first met her, she had a tiny little office uh, stacked from floor to ceiling with cassette tapes of song ideas. And, but she, now she owns that building and she built a building around the corner and on, it's like 20 story building and on every floor there's a studio. So um, when, when my son ran into her, she had just written Big Big Love and she wasn't sure who the song was going to be for. So it was like a, like a bingo moment for her. She's like, this song is perfect for her. So she, I mean, I was really lucky that, that I worked with songwriters who have a really good sense of me and my voice. And she just felt it was really good for me. And then after that, the, the following songs, I mean, I'm very, very picky. And usually it's like one in 50. You know, if, song, if, if I get, if, if someone submits songs, it's like one in 50 that I like. But every single song she played me, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Yes. So that never happened. So it was five in a row. And she just has a stash. I mean, she's written for so many people in so many different genres. And she she has like a treasure trove of material. And, and she just, you know, picked songs that she thought were that I would like. And she was right. 
Because I, what struck me about Big Big Love, which is the first single off the EP Kismet, which is out now, and we're going to play the, the second single in a moment, but Big Big Love, am I imagining it, or the, the beginning, certainly, of Big Big Love, it has real go-go vibes. Yes, it's go-go's. It reminds me of Aha. It reminds me of um, actually a little bit of Boys of Summer by Don Henley. What the, and, and I loved that the demo version of that was had a very sort of retro feel to it, and, but at the same time being modern, like The weekend. So I was just like, oh, my God, I love this. So, yeah, but, yeah, it has a real kind of 80s. Some of it is very go-go's, and it kind of draws from influences of that decade. But this one we're going to just play now, If You Go, I love the way this has a kind of, it kind of has an emotional soaring thing and a real hook in the in the chorus. Anything you want to tell us about If You Go before we hear it? Well, actually, um, you know, I, I when we were recording it, um, I, I, she asked, do you know anybody who can, who can sing the chorus with you? And I said, yeah, Charlotte, uh, my bandmate in the Go-Go's who lives right around the corner. So... I called her and she came to the studio and she sings on the go, 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 go part. So, um, yeah, so that's a little story. How cool. It. How but, cool is that? I had no yeah. idea. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Oh, so you, you haven't been doing material, but you have been performing the whole time, Belinda. Is it nice or stressful to have new, new stuff in the set? <laughs> Uh, stressful, to be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm, um, I'm doing some days this, um, but I'm, ha- I'm excited, and my band is really excited because they get to play something, you know, fresh and new. And I am too. But of course, it's, you know, I get really nervous about new material in the set, and and um, for these dates coming up in the states this summer, there'll be two or three of the new songs off the off the EP. So yeah, it's both exciting and both stressful. And you've got some dates coming up in the UK as well, haven't you? Or no? I've well, made that up. I do. I can't really say what it is yet because I'm not allowed to say. But yes, there'll be something announced in the next couple of weeks um, for, for early next year. And then, of course, I'll be there next summer. But this, this year is, is mostly um, the States and then Australia. Okay, so if you love Belinda, travel. That's that's the key. Uh, Belinda, we're kind of out of time because, sorry about the technical things, right. but just thank you so much for joining us. And just to remind everybody, If You Go, the single is out now, and Kismet, the EP, is out now. Thank you so much for joining us, Belinda Carlisle. Uh, thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. All right, lovely to talk to you. And Steve Dan, yourselves is love. Bye. Bye. I'll tell him hi. Bye. <laughs> That's us for now. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. And make sure you're up to date with all of our goings on at Virgin Radio UK on all of our socials. I'll be chatting to you very soon. Bye-bye. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.